Well, good evening. Yeah, I got some people out there. Hey. Merry Christmas Eve to you guys this evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, for those of you who have been here for the first time and know a little bit about ESIS and our history, here's our new building. So, welcome. This is our first ESIS, uh, excuse me, our first Christmas Eve service in this building, and the Lord has really, really blessed us with this so enjoy the, we, we rolled out the red carpet for you, as you can see, you know. Um, be careful as you walk around because you will, uh, if you shake somebody's hand, you'll probably shock them, all right? <laughs> A lot of static electricity in here, but let's, let's stand to our feet. Uh, tonight, you guys, you guys know what tonight is about. Tonight is not about anything other than, than Jesus, amen? And so what you're going to, what you're going to get is songs, and the telling of the, the story of Jesus because, because that's what it's about. So I'm going to pray and we're going to jump into just a little bit of worship here and then uh, we'll continue with our evening. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much, God, for the fact that you are uh, who you say you are, Lord, and you are uh, a God who's in time, on time, every time, regardless of how we feel. Lord, your promises are, are concrete. Sometimes we don't feel like you're around. Sometimes we don't feel like you're near. But Lord, your word says that as, as we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. And so tonight, Lord, as this is the group that we get to enjoy Christmas Eve with, I pray that we draw near to you tonight, Father. Because we need your spirit in this place. Lord, we need to, uh, we want to feel you. We want to see you. We want to know you more so than just head knowledge. Lord, we want it to be heart knowledge. And so as we continue tonight, Father, I just pray for your presence. I pray for your spirit to be in this room. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.
guaranteed you were here ready for some Christmas music. <laughs> I'll tell you what, even, even the Christmas songs that we sing, um, they're worship songs. Amen? You hear them on the radio and uh, they are songs for the season, I can say that. But any song that is pointed towards Jesus is a worship song. Hallelujah. And so we're going to sing an original, okay, Joy to the World, because we have to have some kind of, some kind of Christmas song this evening. Um, but yeah, think of these as worship songs as we, as we continue tonight.
Let's find somebody to say hello to for a second. Can we do that just for a second? Why don't you get up, find somebody just to say hello to, and these guys will bring them right back together. <laughs> Where'd you put the handheld? Where'd you put the handheld? Well, we need to find that sucker. Alright. Um, Ivory. Ivory. If we can't find the handheld, my mom's gonna use your microphone. Okay? Mom. Mom, you're gonna use Ivory's microphone to read. Okay. Here we go. Ready?
<laughs> okay, here we are. Now you can hear me a little better. You know, 5,757 years ago. Long time ago, isn't it? There was a prophet by the name of Isaiah. And this prophet, in a most uncanny time, he said there was a child going to be born unto us. And he described this child as a king whose temperament will be peace and majesty. And there'll be no end to the increase of his government and of his peace. He spoke those words 740 years before Jesus came. That the word that he, was, that he spoke was in relationship to a word in the third chapter of Genesis where it says that this serpent who would have his head crushed by this redeemer even though this serpent would bruise his heel. The book of Revelation, the 13th chapter, it says that this king was born to die on a cross. It says Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. And here we sit in our, right now, our present time. All of us come from different situations. All of us come, uh, some, most of us don't know each other this evening, and that's okay. But we've come to this place in our life. We've come to this night in our life. We've come to this moment where we turn our attention to what God did in Christ. It's always been coming. He's always been coming. There's many of us tonight sit here and we're waiting for something. We are. We've prayed to God about something. We've given God our faith in regard to something. And yet it seems like, man, it seems maybe it's, 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 it's taken too long or it seems like it hasn't happened yet. And yet the, tonight we're talking about how this prophecy, how this readiness of God came to pass. And it didn't come to pass in a king's palace. It didn't come to pass in a rich man's house. It didn't come to pass in the realms of the leading government of that time. It came to pass in a manger, in a, in a shed. And this fulfillment happened in a certain place in Bethlehem. And how all these pieces came together, just like the hope you have in your heart, just like the things you've been asking God about. How he brings that about may be very, very, very different than what we expect. But it comes to pass in such a way that it's demonstrated as him. That he didn't come into the world as a mighty king, he came into the world as a little baby. How fragile is that? And yet God was able to take care of him, even though the hostility in the world in regard to him. So tonight, let's, re let's connect ourselves to this story. Let's connect ourselves to a fulfillment and to a finished work that brings us a place in Christ that maybe is very different than what we expected. But the demonstration of it is going to be the demonstration that it's really him at work as a result of the fulfillment of this 5,757-year-old story. So tonight as we hear the rest of this, man, let's, let's bring our lives and, our, and share our hearts with this and watch what God does in the middle of it. In the Gospel of Luke... This is in chapter 1, starting in verse 26, the announcement to Mary of Christ's birth. 
Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his king, of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Matthew 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came to gather, came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus.
a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. It was in order to register along with Mary, who was uh, engaged to him and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth among men with whom he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to each other, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and this baby who was laying in this manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen, just as they had been told.
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are, no, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he said to them, uh, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way.
Florida clap offering for that right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for being here this evening. As you can see, I'm a little bit uh, out of commission at the moment. But just so you guys know what happened, I was I got the wonderful idea of uh, trying to play basketball. Having not played basketball for months. <laughs> and I jump out on the court and not five minutes later. I drop step because I'm giving it to this dude, right? I got skills, you know? I drop step and I pop my Achilles. Um, and so that happened on Monday. Had surgery on Thursday. And it's very painful. I'll let you know that. Uh, but if you could, just pray for a brother, you know? Um, I know that the Lord can do a lot with it. He already is. Um, and he's a good God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So... You heard just a little bit of the Christmas story through the Word and through people getting up here and reading straight from the Word of God. And there are so many other things. Let me just use that term. There are so many other things that can grab your attention during the Christmas season. Whether it be presents, whether it be trying to make sure that your kids got everything that they need, that the family has everything that they need. And sometimes in the middle of that, you can lose why we're celebrating Christmas. And if you guys are going to get the story of Jesus coming to the earth anywhere else, you better be getting it at church. Amen? I could get up here and I could, you know, motivational speak and all this kind of crazy whatever. But it's about nothing else other than this baby. And what's interesting is that all of Scripture... From Genesis all the way up until when Jesus is born. All of it points towards Him. All of it is culminating to this moment when Jesus is born. If you think about it. You go back and you read Old Testament stories. There's an element of the gospel in every single one of the stories. It's unbelievable. Being able to sit down and uh, what I do on a weekly basis, preparing for messages and diving into the Word and just sticking my face in it. It's, it's so unbelievable how much... Jesus is in the Old Testament, even though he hasn't come to the earth quite yet. It all points to the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. The entire Bible all points to the gospel. Now let me say this. If we aren't focused on anything other than that, then we've missed it. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you're not focused on anything other than this baby coming to the earth to do something specifically for you and I, then I think that we've missed it. And I'm hoping that as you guys leave here, that you will leave here either with your heart recentered on Christ or at its least common denominator, just a new understanding of, of the Christmas season. That again, like I said, it all, it all culminates to this moment. This moment changed history. You guys know this. I'm not, I'm not preaching to the choir. Well, how, how do I say this? I am preaching to the choir on this one. It changed history. But there's some significance about it that I could say there's so many significant things about the birth of Jesus. But I want to share with you this evening how it's so significant for me in this time. And how it can be so significant for you 
as well. Because guess what? You're not like me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm not like you. Thank God. So it's the significance, I'm going to say this, is specific to each one of you guys on an individual level. If I could look at each one of you in the eye, sit you down and say, hey, look, not only did Jesus die on the cross for you, but he showed up. This birth, you got to understand, he was thinking about you the entire time. He really was. He was thinking about Alex Square the whole time. Now, some of you are new. Some of you I see once a year, a couple times a year, and what I do. I wish I could go through and list all your names right now, but if you put your name in that sentence, he was thinking about so-and-so the whole time. That's pretty special, if you ask me. But all roads lead to Bethlehem. Now, I want you real quick to just think about your life. Something in your life that completely changed who you are or who you were. Now, this could happen in a, a relationship or in a marriage or you had kids. I mean, these are big things. We know this. But nonetheless, you go back to this moment and it changed you. Now, everybody, know, well, maybe not everybody, but I, I have a very extensive athletic background, all right? So if you're here on a Sunday morning regularly, you get a lot of athletic analogies. So that's just how we go. That's just how we do at ESS. But if I'm preparing for like a, a championship game, there's a lot of preparation that goes into this moment. Blood, sweat, and tears, and you co-labor with other people. and You come to a place where all of a sudden you're in the middle of the moment. First quarter, second quarter, first half, second half, whatever. The game ends. And you're on the back side of this thing. You can talk about kids. I don't have kids yet. I would like to have kids someday. But there's nine months of preparation for that. Whatever the... Yeah, probably more than nine months as some of y'all laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're getting ready for this, for this moment. Now, that, that could translate to a lot of different areas of your life. If I had a chance to talk to each one of you on an individual level, I'm sure there's something. There's some moment that you prepared for. And then Jesus met you in the middle of it. See, all of your life has... Excuse me, not all of your life, but there's, there's a lot that culminated to that moment. And then the moment happened, and then afterwards, you look back. And you say, I can draw from that moment in my life to help me in the present. See, if I'm relating this to Scripture and relating this to Jesus coming to this earth, again, like I said, it's, it's a moment in time that changed history. The entire word, the gospel, is in every word, but it all culminates and all points towards this baby in Bethlehem. And then this baby's born. He's born. And it, we, we look at this moment, and as we're sitting here today, some however many thousands of years later, we look back on this moment. It's something that we can draw from. It's something that we look at and we say, man, that was extremely significant. But my question to you is, why is it significant to you as you look back? Are you looking back for the right reason? You know, I could say, hey, you're, you're here because it's good to go to church on Christmas and Easter. But I'll tell you what, the Jesus... The, the God that you serve, the Jesus we're talking about, is after you more than two days out of the year. Yeah, I'll get, get a few amens on that one. You know what I'm saying? 
Because as you look back at this moment, you can draw something from this moment that I think is unbelievably significant and it's, it's specific to each one of you guys. Very specific. If you think about, it says in, uh, where's my scripture at here? It's John 1 verse 10. And it says that the world was made through Him. It was made through Him. All of it. At the beginning of time, Jesus was right there to speak everything into, into being. And uh, the Holy Spirit and, and God, everyone was, everyone was present. And He knows what it means to be in heaven. The magnificence of heaven. The Word says, you can't even understand what heaven's like. <laughs> you really can't. I love that. I think, or I guess what I, what I tell people is think about the greatest thing ever in your life and multiply that by infinity, okay? You won't even get close. To me, it's like chocolate milk drinking fountains and chicken everywhere. Hey. <laughs> multiply that by infinity, you're not even close. Hallelujah. Jesus, take me home. He knows the magnificence of heaven. Yes, that was a corny analogy. Whatever. But he knows that. And to understand what he came from and what he came into with you on his mind, I believe is what we can look back and draw from that has so much significance to it. Are you guys with me tonight? Alright. Now he came from the fragrance of heaven to the stench of a stable. You understand that? Stables are not good smelling. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> they smell like crap, and that's no pun intended, okay? They smell like that, and it's, it's horrible. Everybody ever been around horses? My goodness. He came from the fragrance of heaven to the stench of a stable. He came from the worship of angels to the rejection of an innkeeper. Being accepted by every angel in heaven to the rejection of somebody who wouldn't even let him stay in a place. He had nowhere, uh, nowhere to lay his head. From the songs of the saints to the bleeding of sheep and braying of the donkey. He came from a robe of royalty to the rags. The wrappings of rags. He came from a mansion in heaven to a manger on earth. He came from all that was great right into, hear me when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, right into your mess. I'll tell you what, I'm messy. I'm messy because I love Jesus. I'm messy because I'm a human and I, I'm sinful. But because of what he did, and we're, we're about to celebrate this some four months after this day, Easter, hallelujah, he got out of the tomb, walked out of the tomb. But each one of you guys in here, I'm, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're messy. We got a lot of crap in our lives. But he came from that to sit right next to you and say, guess what? I want to take that whole thing and I want to give you something different. So this moment, ladies and gentlemen, as it changes history some 2,000 years ago, thousands of years ago, I'm looking back on this because... I draw the significance from it, excuse me, as I look back on it. Because as he was born, he had Alex Square on his mind. And he had my sin and my crap on his mind. And he said, I love you so much. 
that I'm going to be all that is man and all that is God. And some 33 years later, he paid for my sin. That is another story. I could be up here for hours talking about that one because to be honest with you, it's the only story worth talking about. One day I hope we move from all the things that this world has done to us to all the things that the Lord has done for us and concentrate just on that. Because if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, I swear to you, your life, I'm not saying it's going to be easier, but I say the quality of every step being led by Jesus. Not walking to the right or to the left, but keeping, keeping on the path that He wants you to walk on. It's not an easy one. But it'll be worth it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So you guys, some of you guys know what we do on uh, Christmas Eve. It's kind of a tradition to sing O Holy Night. And that is uh, led by my dad. Uh, very special thing. But I just want to make sure that as you guys, you guys walk out of here and you look back on Jesus' birth, there's no amount of sin. Let me just say this. How do I say this? i got to say this the right way because this just hit me. You can't outdo God. Your sin can't outdo Him. Praise Jesus for that. There's no amount of running from Him that you can do where He will not say, you know what, I'm just going to very lovingly bring you right back to me. So what I'm hoping is that as you walk out of here, you understand that there's a God who is after you more than two times a year. He had you in mind even when He was born. Amen? Yeah. Alright, I'm going to hobble back up to the piano right now. for this song. It was a real, real special night. And if you can think about a Savior being born that particular night, I believe on that night, nothing wrong happened. Nothing. Because when the King comes, everything has to bow down. Even the demons has to bow down. He came. And he came on a real, real, real special night. Thank you.
you know, God is good because, you know, I can't see without my glasses. And when the pages fell, I just had to go for it. <laughs> so I need to get you ready for a real special offering. And it's an offering that we do every single year. And it's a real special offering because even as the Apostle Paul was sharing with the people in the different churches that he had planted through the power of Jesus Christ. He says, you know what? The poor will always be with you. But when we, when we look at the book of James, we see something here where it, it talks about honoring the widows. It says in verse 27, chapter 1, that this is pure an undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father to visit the orphans and the widows in their distress. And it's a word to us because there are times when certain things happen to us in our families where we can lose a, a spouse or a child or something and we don't wish that on anybody but there are times when uh, the spouse may pass along. And Jesus says to us that whether that's a husband or a wife, our job as a church is to take care of those people. That responsibility is not left to the government. It's left to us. And on this special night when people are finishing up the Christmas shopping, I want you to know after this service the stores are still open. You can go get it done, okay? But we want to think about those who are without loved ones. And this offering that we're taking up is for them. And so we want you to let the Holy Spirit move on you. And we're going to come up and uh, ask the ones who have the plates to come on up. And as they come up, okay, uh, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless this offering. And that we may have an opportunity to give because so many has given to us. Father, we love you and we, we bless you and we thank you. And we pray for those especially who have lost their spouses through, through death. And they're alone and God, they really don't have any major income coming in. The church's job is to respond to that. On this night where we get ready to, to give and, and to serve, we ask that you will bless this offering. And that, Father, some uh, widow out there will be blessed because a few people took the time to bless them. So will you honor this today in Jesus' precious name? Amen and amen. Right now? So when they're done, just say. Dad. Are you going to leave us on the side? You want to give us these two churches? As that offer is being finished up, we're kind of 
finishing up here a little bit as well. And we want to be able to sing a song together and have you join in with us. It's a song that is sang all the time. At the end of a candlelight service, at the end of a Christmas Eve service, and you're familiar with it. It's called Silent Night. So not only was it a holy night, but it was a silent night. And as I said earlier, before we sang Oh Holy Night, that when that king came, when that baby came, it seemed like everything had his attention on that. And not only was it a holy night, but it was quiet. Because everything in creation was on him. And so if you will, would you stand with us? And we're going to sing this song. You should see it on your overhead, if I'm correct. And we're going to sing that together. So join in with us, okay?
as uh, Rick said earlier when we first started, there are a lot of things you could have been doing tonight, but you decided to come and hang out with us. You know what? And it means a lot to us that you did. And so we want to thank you, but we also want to bless you. And say that as you go back to your home and begin to prepare for tomorrow, let it be a fun time. Let it be a fun time with your family. But we're here where it is. We just want to remind you because we know you already know that Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. So we want to lay the blessing on you and say, God bless you. Bless your family. Be safe on the way home. Have some fun because there is joy to the world because the king has come. But you know what else? He's coming back again. And we love you. So God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you so much for coming. Put it right there.